Welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of Deke's Knife Silly Podcast. We're here to talk about trades. But first and foremost, we're sponsored by the Delaney Hockey Program. www.delaneyhockey.ca Ooh, interesting. We're going to talk about trades. Did you know that Keith Delaney, owner of co-owner of the Delaney Hockey Program, when he was a junior hockey player, was traded for Sheldon Keefe? Ooh. Mm. So there's your little lease connection. We, we essentially know Sheldon Keefe. Yeah, true association. Oh, way back. Why not? I met him last week. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. Oh, God, Patty. <laughs> All right, titter-tatter, let's get at her. All right, welcome to it. It's episode nine of the DSC podcast. We got myself, Ryan Gates. We got Patty Phillips. We got Kylie Murren and the Chihuahua. Oh, wait. He's here. <laughs> Hi. Hi, which one? That's Col- this is Kobe. Kobe? Yeah, he's always yeah. going to Kobe. Rapidly. Oh, he always, like, Casey's in her bed. She'll go be by herself. But this guy, no, has to be on top of me all the time. And if I ignored him, he would just sit there and, like, paw at me. So I have to pick him up. Yeah. Listen, there's worse things in life. Um, yeah. We're not here to talk about dogs. It is Deke's Snipe Silly. It's, 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 it's got nothing to do with dogs. It's uh, it's all Fox hockey. Fox and... Silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Are you going to trade your dogs? That that could be. No, not happening. No. Just trade cash. You have to cash. Would you, would you trade yeah, the cat no. for Travis Konechny is the question. Yeah. No. You're going, buddy. <laughs> and that's what we're here to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about trades. Uh, it's been a real busy week for Kyle Dubas. Kyle Dubas, the man with the giant cojones. cojones. Yeah. Right? He's made more moves in, in this, this pre-deadline than I think the Leafs have made in three, four years combined. Yeah. It, it, maybe if not total number of moves, more impactful moves anyway. So I think that's what we'll focus in on. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it hard. Um, and uh, why don't we do it in chronological order? Because that's the easiest way to remember how this all went down. Yeah. So the, how far do we want to go back? Want to start with Ron O'Reilly? Is that far? Oh, yeah, back? yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Real back sports would have happened. Well, right? I mean, that, anything back further than that, you're talking about Connor Timmons, which, again, yeah, no. I think is still as impactful a trade as any of the other ones he made. Not, well, no, maybe not any, but I think it's a hugely impactful trade to the organization now and going forward. But we won't talk about that. We talk about him on the regular anyway. So Ryan O'Reilly. What was the, uh, what was the, uh, what went out and what came back? Either one of you guys can grab that. I think it was a brilliant move. Like, I, you know what? I was really high on Raleigh at, at first when trade chatter started picking up and then other folks started coming into play like Kane. Like I, I was still from, from day one, um, I knew it was necessary. Like the Leafs had to get some more offensive punch. And it seems like every trade deadline, they go for that more of the defensive, defensive forwards. Uh, just so happened we got it um, offense and defense in in O'Reilly, especially when you get that hat trick, and you can see he has a presence out there. Um, wow. To be honest with you, like yeah, I knew who Noel Sherry was, but um, I only knew the guy really from the whole Boston series. Yeah. Like, I knew the name. I could picture Jack Edwards in my head, like a cherry, you know. Uh, but just let's mention we traded we got ryan o'reilly and noel chari it was a three-team trade we sent forwards mikhail abramov and adam got and a 2023 first round draft pick ottawa's 2023 third round selection that we got from the murray thing and the leafs 2024 second round choice to st louis and we know now that minnesota was part of it to help yep. take some of the money and uh, so, yeah, that just wanted to throw that out there for anyone who didn't know the full details of it. And that's what cost all the picks was, you know, over 75% of, of O'Reilly's salary was retained between two teams. Right. Yeah, which was so, excellent because, well. I mean, clearly the big player is Ryan O'Reilly, and that's going to be the big acquisition unless something else happens while we're recording this podcast. But um, the Noel Achari thing I find most interesting part like everyone you know what you're getting ryan o'reilly you're getting a guy who's tooth and nail he he just doesn't stop there's no quit in his game he's 
defense, he's offense, he's a leader, he's he's total total package. He's the reason why any team would like to have him. Won a consummate, won a cup. Um, but Nolachari is a really great conversation piece because you're right. I remember him from the Boston era, and I remember him as being one of those annoying guys who tended to score on the Leafs. We should, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're like, yeah. why is this guy scoring on the Leafs? He's a fourth liner, and I do remember yeah, saying that. Nobody, right? Yeah, we've but, never had the annoying guy in in this era. No, we've never had that guy that goes in and just like a Nick Paul scores two goals in Game Seven. Yeah. Right. Well, hopefully, he'll be our Game Seven superhero. Who knows? I've got some other theories as to who I want that guy to be, and I'll talk about that in a bit. But. I found it fascinating when they brought uh, Achari in to, to see his, his level of physicality because I didn't know that. Like, I don't remember no. that. And I guess when you're playing on the Bruins and everybody is playing that physical, you, yeah. it probably doesn't stand out. But he does, he does, he packs a lot of punch, man. Like, he drives hard to the net on every single play. Every play, right? He's hard on the yeah. wall. I don't, I don't know. I like the guy. I, I, think, I think if you're looking for depth forwards, I mean, why not? He's basically. These guys that don't take shifts off. Really, yeah. at the end of the day, like because we've had too many over the years that have taken shifts off. Um, but funny story when that when that trade went down, uh, I was probably ten sheets to the wind at Real Sports, pretty late at night with my brother. Um, oh, our oh, Facetime call. Oh, we remember. Yes. You remember? Yeah. <laughs> I was drinking Anyways, too that night. That I was see it going across the ticker on the big. I'm going to call it the big Jomo's drawn at Real Sports in Real Toronto, Sport. and I say like. I immediately like just sobered up. I'm like, we got, we got Ryan O'Reilly, and then I'm oh. like, I I, I beg to differ with this story. He did not sober up. He no. his eyes potentially because I'll tell you. At- I'll tell you my story. Hold on, sorry, I'm gonna interrupt you. But we were in Montreal while that came through. We were at a party at the hotel, but we were we were we were down in like the basement of the hotel. I had absolutely no service. Okay, so I'm like checking my phone. You know sipping a couple adult bevies and um the guy across the table from us which i have no idea who he was because it was all the paradise parents like we only know our team there's three teams at this hotel or four he's like i heard him talking to the guy and he says something about leaf scott o'reilly and i was like shut up and he just like looked at me i'm like are you serious and i couldn't get my phone to work so i'm like freaking out at adam i'm like we gotta go we gotta go upstairs <laughs> we gotta go. as soon as i got up to have service you guys i seen like the call in our group chat and i was just like freaking out so anyway i'll never forget it so i'm sure you won't either patty because well it's i was not going like you're home table. on your couch you know I, I was going from table to table up there <laughs> that i am and you know what no one had a clue who ron o'reilly was or Police were in the NHL. It was not right? the crowd there that night that were. That <laughs> you think they're real sports? There I know be. you would think. I know. Well, you they would. You would think there'd be like, fans in the stands at the ACC, but there's not. <laughs> so, yeah. True. Uh, I'm not surprised True. to hear that. It's, it's shocking, but it's not surprising. Uh, here's my version of the same story. Back in good old Newfoundland, when my friends Carly and Patty are away <laughs> on the mainland enjoying adult <laughs> beverages at a reasonable hour, it's one thirty in the morning in Newfoundland. And I'm asleep in my wow. bed like a normal person should that. be. <laughs> yeah. And Sling goes the phone. First, it was Patty by himself getting right off on the whole. Uh, so we talked about it for a better part of 10 minutes. My wife was like, is that Patty? I was like, yeah, she's, luckily she loves Patty. But, uh, but yeah, uh, so we talked about it. I hung up the phone, went back to bed only to get another call, except this time in the group chat. And lo and behold, all four picked up, which is, uh, which is which <laughs> that is never happens. Part. Yeah, that never happens. Like, what, for yeah. starters, we never do uh, group calls ever. So, no, but I Unless guess everybody, everybody was jacked. And that uh, wasn't our first one, though. What was our first one? I, I remember we got on pocket dial one time by accident. You were at, and we all jumped on. I think <laughs> I do remember. Yeah, or something. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic <laughs> trade. Like, yeah, you know what? You look, you look at some of the other trades that were made in the NHL, i.e., you know, going to, to Tampa. Wow, what um, an overpayment, in my opinion. But like, what what we've paid for O'Reilly, like totally fair. I think the chances of him resigning back in Toronto are probably very, very, very good. Me too. Um, you think? I I think so. I I think he'd want to. Uh, um, I, I it comes down to the dollar value, like. But that's what that's what I mean. Like how? Like, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly, even though he's he's still. Even though he's he's only thirty one or so, it's not old old. I mean, he's still a five million dollar player all day long, on three years. I don't know how they can do that. I'd go five times three. That's that's the like I don't like going beyond three years for these guys that are older than thirty. 
Yeah, but um, I don't know if you can fit into five. Not not with Willie coming up the following year. Anyway, let's not talk about that. that I agree. It would be great. I, I, I love it because one thing that I've noticed is holy hell are we deadly on face-off since O'Reilly came across. And I found it interesting. Somebody asked him about it in the media, I think it was yesterday. And he said, uh, he said, yeah, he said, well, he said, when you got John Tavares as the next man in, he said, you don't mind being a little over-aggressive in the dot. And clearly, yeah. that's made a difference, right? Yeah. So that's an aspect of this. I never even dawned on me that, that, senators, that senators are thinking about is, I don't want to get tossed out because I, I don't want the winger to have to come in and try to win it. But when you've got John yeah. Tavares, who is arguably as good as you are, well, no, I shouldn't say arguably. He is as good as he is. I mean, and it'd probably be the same if Tavares was taking a draw and had O'Reilly on the wing. Tavares would probably go harder too. And the, the man's won what seventy percent of his draws, roughly, since coming over. It's nuts. Not to for, and not to forget either that Nolachari is also a centerman and a winger, but he can play center. He can take faceoffs. So it's nice to have him as like that fourth line option because you, you don't want to take David Camp out of a circle, added a added a dot on the third line. But, yeah, but what so a total player, too, with you know, O'Reilly. I mean, not to take it away from Achari again, but hard not to when you're talking about Ron O'Reilly. Ron O'Reilly kills penalties. You know, he does it all. Yeah. Like, there's nothing this guy doesn't do. You know, he's a total player, and, and still, I'm not, well, I won't say in his prime, like, well, he's not out of it. So I guess he still is in it if he's not out of it. But, I mean, just, I think he's 31, I think, if, if memory serves. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's an amazing, it was an amazing pickup. Amazing pickup 32. by Dubas. So he's, I was a at that game. Than, he's a year younger than I am. He just turned 32 in February. So, okay. So I was at that game as you, as you know, and to see him in warm up, uh, the way he warms up before the game is just absolutely insane. He's so focused. Uh, he kind of reminds me of, uh, of Tavares in, in some respects. Like you're, you're so focused. You see the they whole like bio steel thing. Did you see that in person? <laughs> I saw that in person actually because I was uh, behind the bench for warm ups uh, due to my great friend in Toronto. Um, but I was right behind the bench and I saw him doing it. I didn't know what was going on. I, th I would have thought it was water as well until I saw it on Twitter. But he so was funny. just like right there. Uh, which I, was, I, I caught, I caught it cool. as soon as he did it because the camera was on him like live. Yeah, it was. I, I, no, like, I seen just... the red, red, red liquid. I was like, he just doused himself, and then, then, then they reported on it. I was thinking, I'm thing, like, how sticky is that? <laughs> the one thing, as a total side note, just when I was down there for warm ups behind a bench, behind each gate on the least bench, there's a picture of the four referees' faces, mm -hmm. like with their, with their names on it, and I had never seen that before. I'm just yeah. Apparently just... they asked uh, Keith about that. I think it might have been last year or earlier this year. Oh, he yeah? said he wants the uh, – I remember reading about it. And he's, he wants the players to know their names. So if he do, if they do have to address them, they can address them by their first name, I guess. And right. Grace, I guess it's less hostile than, like, shouting at them, I guess, if you know their first name and whatever. I, yeah. I don't know. I can it, see it, that, though. It, it is interesting, though. It's I mean, always it, more. And, 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 and the funny thing is, it's just like a photocopy. It's not like anything fancy or done up. It's just like... Oh, I think they do it themselves. Yeah, like, it's, it's not like the league just says, oh, okay, yeah, here's like, the refs, and they print that off. Like, I feel like they make, yeah, they make that themselves. But anyway, yeah. it's pretty interesting. So, on to the next trade. Go for it. So, this one... So, are we... Okay, wait, no, I was thinking that this happened before. Uh, so, the next crazy trade... Crazy Tuesday. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it all because the night before the craziness is when we got McCabe and Lafferty. Oh, yes. Right? I was going on to Sandine and I'm like, wait, wait, we're forgetting something. Oh. So, yeah, the night before the Leafs, let's get the whole um, breakdown here. Leafs Lafferty trade. So, from the Blackhawks, the Toronto Maple Leafs acquire Jake McCabe, come on phone, and Samuel Lafferty. I don't know if his name is Samuel. I'm just saying that. Um, oh, she's just buying time here until her phone. Yeah, <laughs> my phone is not wanting to work. Okay, Samuel. we're in exchange for. In exchange for. Yeah, I could tell a story and go off topic to completely buy more time, but we won't. Um, so, in exchange for a conditional 2025 first, a 2026 second, and forwards Joey Anderson. Sad about that one. And Pavel Gugulev from the Growlers. Do that trade all day long. Oh, 100%. And not to mention, if I'm not mistaken, both McCabe and Lafferty have term. Yes. McCabe has two right? more years and Lafferty has one. One after this year. And if yeah. and I think both Achari and O'Reilly don't have any. I, I think I think Jake McCabe right. is is your new Jake Muzzin. I think that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. the sole reason for that trade. 
Uh, he's not going to be there for the playoffs. He may never play again. So if that's the case, then they've got a viable replacement for Jake Muzzin. If Jake Muzzin comes back, then they got a viable replacement cap-wise for Justin Hall. He's just a perfect fit. Yeah. And he can play both sides, apparently, uh, allegedly. I'm not a big fan of Jake McCabe from his defensive play. A couple of times this year when the Leafs played Chicago, um, McCabe got exposed bad by by Matthews Mariner line and uh, or Matthews Neal not line, and like just like pylon, like like just I'm like, what were you doing, man? Like, think myself because a lot of people were talking about McCabe at that point. It was you know a lot of talk about about McCabe being a viable option. That being said, am I glad they got him? Oh yeah, no, he's he's a great pickup. He's far far better than at least one or two of the guys who are in our lineup currently, and that being at the time anyway, which was Sandine and and Hall. Uh, today, now a uh, future prospect on Sandine is much higher than Jane Cave, obviously, but I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about today and the playoffs. So, yeah, yeah uh, you can't be sad about any of those players going out because I'd trade mom right now for uh, for a, a solid a solid chance to win that trophy. So, um, yeah, I, I, there's not a ton to talk about there on the Sam Lafferty front for me. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I mean, I like that he's a little feisty. And he got good foot speed. That's my two standout points from him. Well, just but just and... back on the cape for a second. Um, one of the things that I've constantly heard since the trade is McCabe don't give up the puck. His first pass is very strong. Um, I think we've seen some highlight reels of some of the vicious hits that he's had open ice and down along the boards. But um, I continuously hear, and Chicago's not a really good benchmark as to how he did as a defenseman, even though I. I think he was still a plus player. Um, he was. I remember seeing that stat as well. The whole team is like a minus something, like the whole the team itself. But he was like the only plus of, out of the whole year or something. And that's why it's kind of hard to even judge them, like you were just saying, Ryan, when we played them. What, are, what were they competing for? They already knew they were, you know, a dumpster dive for a, a team and a, this year anyway. They knew Patty Kane was leaving. They knew, like... I don't know. I just feel like, not saying that that was why he was bad, but at least now he has something to actually try harder for. If that well, makes sense. Listen, you're not, you're not, you're not wrong. Any time right? when a team has no real reason to play, whether you're a dedicated player or not, you're not going to be at peak performance. You don't, ha you don't have that that adrenaline right. not there for one. It can't be. Why am I going to go out and work my ass off and potentially get hurt or like have a career-ending injury for a team to? literally a bottom feeder i don't know that would be the mentality i would think i know at the end of the day they're still professionals and you don't play well you don't play so and then if you want it to be traded you should be playing well so it's kind of like i don't know i don't want to make excuses for the guy but it's also hard to judge him playing on such a bad team well, um, well the other thing is too which which there was a lot of talk about the fact that some organizations and gms really make you think how they get into those positions one being Chicago's GM, uh, the fact that he retained salary on a guy that's still got two years left um, is kind of a little bit unheard of. That's weird. And we've got, what is it, four or five defensemen now, if not six defensemen, with a, a salary going forward of $2 million and less. So our D, like, we don't have to go shopping for D in the summer. Well, I mean, for years, that was the whole narrative around the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's, oh, they got no D, they got no D. Well, guess what? We got yeah. D now, right? No, they're not Jacob Chicharins, but we didn't need a Jacob Chicharin. We needed like a stay at home, a Muslim replacement. Like you said, we don't need to score goals. We have that sometimes, um, most times, <laughs> but yeah. I'm glad like when you, we were talking about it last week and I think it was you, Patty, that said, oh, like McCabe, like hopefully the Leafs get McCabe. And I was like, no, I want Connor Murphy. But at the end of the day, they're kind of really similar players. So I'm happy either way. All right. So on to the next trade. Um, this one. I'm still not over it. I can't, like, when I seen it pop up on my phone, I was literally, like, like, I was talking to you guys. I was driving home, and, like, I have a little thing in my car where my phone goes up, so I can, like, kind of see it when I'm, you know, like, glance. So my, you know, the phone lights up, and I look over, and just, like, in the corner of my eye, I seen the name Sandine. Ah! Like, pulled over <laughs> so I could get on my phone. And at this point, I was at Dollarama, and, yeah, my phone, I never called Adam so fast in my life. I'm like, oh, my God. So anyway, the trade. 
was that we traded Rasmus Sandin to Washington Capitals in exchange for veteran defenseman Eric Gustafson, and the, we got a first-rounder back for that, which is nice. I would have been happy with just a first-rounder, but throwing in Gustafson was just like, you know, cheering on top, I guess. Just some more depth, some more D-depth, and um, that was pretty much it for that trade. Nothing really... You know, it was that was the beginning. That was the first domino falling of the day. I think that first rounder, like, because it's Boston's first rounder, so it's like, what is it going to be, thirty second overall? Like, who cares? Yeah. I feel like that he just got that as like a trade. So when I first seen that, I was like, oh, okay, that's to shed salary so we can reactivate Murray. And then as I'm reading, boom, another one pops up. Do we want to move on? Yep. Well, no, I want to talk about Sandine okay. for a second. So go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm to the point now with all the Leafs losses over the years. I'm to the point I don't really care. I I, I have loyalty to some of the players. I but, do particularly yeah. sending because I got Lilligren is turning out to be my one of my most favorite players on the team, and the fact that he jumped over sending yeah. so surprisingly last year. Um, I think send uh, Lilligren probably has a a higher ceiling than sending right now. I I don't know. I didn't when folks would ask me like. When, when McCabe came in and this one came in and that one, who's going to be the odd one out in the playoffs? I, I immediately went to Sandine or Hall. Yeah. Bill they was said, not coming um, out of me. I know a lot of the like chatter around is that Sandine asked for a trade and that like, he wasn't happy. And we don't know that until one of either Dubis or Sandine comes out and says it. However, they did say, I'm not sure if it was on Leafs Lunch or Overdrive, but they did say that soon as that trade was made the night before with McCabe, um, Sandine's agent had reached out uh, to Dubis and was like, you know, because if we remember at the beginning of the season when he had his contract stalemate, that was the reason why he was holding off was what is my role here? Like what, what opportunity am I going to get? And I guess they promised them this, this, and this. So once they brought in another left-handed defenseman, it's just like, well, now I'm definitely not getting that opportunity. So I feel like he probably did request a trade, whether or not he thought it was going to happen so soon. But I think him holding out already kind of, I don't know. He kind through. of alluded to it in, in his quote that he yeah. knew he was going to be the odd one out. So um... yeah, Right, like, and I can't blame him. Like, I could honestly probably see him coming back to the Leafs maybe once in the future. I don't know. Never happens. Unless... Unless we don't know how it happened. Like, did this go out really sour and, like, bad? Does he hate Kyle Dubas? Like, we don't know that. Like, yeah, and, I and think you, you probably won't know. And it's probably, we're probably reading too much into it. I think it's just, I think I, think, I really think it's a numbers game as well as, as anything. A lot, a lot of people are not talking about is that his contract would be due at the same time as William Nylander and Austin Matthews. Where's all the money coming from for all these people? We and need, Little Grants, too, because then they both only sign... Yeah. Like the same contract, and right yeah, now yeah. I think it's really important for the Leafs to have coming into that particular year come have cost certainty on in a lot of areas. One being goaltending, the other being defense. And right now we've got a lot of cost certainty starting to shape up on our D, so that mm -hmm. you can start to plan around how we can and we will do it again. You yeah, know? like um, soon as July first happens or whenever you know free agency starts this year. I'm not sure if it's the same as previous years. Like. Get Austin Matthews signed. I feel like if you hold out and like this can turn into, I know he's still got another year, but he can officially be signed in, in this year. Um, if you kind of wait too long, I'm afraid that he might just say, you know what? The hell with you. Like if you're not willing to give me what I'm, what I think I'm worth. Like I feel like he's the type that would just eventually be like, yeah, all right, I'm done. I don't know. I feel like he has a very low tolerance. Well, to the, that the, shit. The, the other thing, I mean, like who knows? Yeah, like exactly. Who knows? Who who knows? I've always I've always been one of those people that are like, no, he's not leaving. He's not leaving. But I don't know. A little uh, the other side of it is like sometimes I'm starting to those thoughts are creeping in. Like maybe he isn't gonna there's stay. No, with all the talk of him leaving, and then we'll move on to the next trade. There's <laughs> zero facts to back up any ev or there's zero exactly. evidence. To we don't know, and we know he loves the fame. He loves the the spotlight, and he can handle toronto media like it takes a certain kind of person to be able to come in and in that spotlight and be if you know, we draw guys, the chunk didn't go south last year we wouldn't be having this conversation true he, he's, he's that that was shocking he's Same also he's also not the kind of he's also not an idiot he's a smart he's a very intelligent young man and very. if you're a goal scorer and a pure goal scorer like he is where are you going to go as a ufa you're going to go to a team who's got 
you know, 15 million to give you. Okay, fair enough. But where are you going to go to play with somebody who's going to feather you to puck as a centerman like yeah. Mitch Marner is? Where? And, and or William Nylander. Like, that's a, that's a pretty that's a pretty solid trade-off. If, if you're not on the line with, with, with Mitch, you're going to be on the line with Willie. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that if I'm Austin yeah. Matthews, right? Um, I think it all weighs on uh, how they do. Uh, I think like I think it, I think you're right. I, I same think. as Paul Dubis. Like you know, we know. Like unless you guys, you, you need to make some step, even if it's just one round. Like of course, we're all going to be upset about it. But at the end of the day, it's progress. So if you can just get a little bit closer each year, which the past couple of years we've not gotten any closer. But let's hope this year is to start. You know, oh, what bothers me? What bothers me the most? And we'll get to the last couple of trades shortly. But what bothers me the most is if they had this team. Forget if they does anything else. If they had this team. Last year, the year before, the year before, they would have went on true. This yeah. team is so yeah. much better on paper, at least, than than past Leafs playoff teams. That it just irritates me that now it's still probably not good enough because the East is just now to yeah. It, it, like the West is offloading players to the East straight time. I'm like, how is this? How is this going to shake out in our favor? It's not right. It just goes back to show that the playoff format sucks and it needs to go back like every, even the players say the same thing like and this is before this year like no like i don't know it should be the whole one versus eight two versus seven like i don't know of course you're still gonna have like your conference champions and things like I mean, that but this whole like first round matchup of just east i don't know like the two best teams in the league like there's one of them are going to be out in the first round yeah and the thing sense. is the thing is with the arms race that's going on currently is that Dubas almost has his hands tied in the sense that if you don't make another trade, all that means is you're leaving another player out there for one of your arms race teams oh, no. to acquire, i.e. today, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. Is it Tyler? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Move to I Boston. We were go. So, like, if, if the Leafs would have picked him up, the Boston Bruins wouldn't have. That's a double win. Now, Dubas got to go out and try to find something to at least offset that, theoretically, to balance that score sheet. So, like, the, 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 the least... The, the, if the Leafs don't make more moves, they're really shooting herself in the foot doubly if they got areas that they can improve. And if, if you're going to be serious about winning the cup, you, well, you, you have to improve those areas. The, the only thing I would say to that, like if we talk about reactionary moves from one team to the other, you, you could say that the Bruins going after Tyler Bertuzzi was reactionary to the Leafs getting O'Reilly. So do Good. we need to go, you know what I mean? So do we need to go another step? Um, the funny thing is, and this will be our segue, the funny thing is, the area which would need to make a splash, the only area left, is that top-line left-winger spot. And turns and we out, we shipped off a top-line winger to, guess who? To New York Islanders. To New York Islanders for a fourth-round pick, I think it was. Which, if you look third. at it, third, was third. it a third? Because yeah. Ingval was a seventh-rounder. So, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, third round. Um at the end of the day, it's an upgrade, essentially, if you keep that pick and, you know, you traded a seventh round pick for a third round pick, if you look at it that way. I'm trying to find a picture because I seen a picture today of Mr. Ingval with his freshly shaved face because we all know how Lou Lamarillo is. Um, but I can't find it. I seen it earlier. While she's looking, the reason I called him a top line player, because we all know he's not. If you're, if you're a Leafs fan at all, you know this guy's not a top line forward. Uh, after the acquisition... They've bumped him up to the top line with Bo Horvat and Andy yes. Lee. And I was like, that is not going to end well. But maybe you know I'm wrong. That, it's a video. But you know what that, that says? That's, that tells you how much. Don't even look like have. him. Like, who is this kid? That is not driving ball. Oh, God. He may, he may flourish, but he was never going to get first line minutes in Toronto or second line minutes. He barely could get. Th- third line minutes so it just right, says how much further forever. ahead we are in the new york Islanders, for instance yeah and, you, and you're not wrong because i'll tell you one thing about about engwell as my only compliment for the guy is he got an elite level shot when he can get it off which yeah. is yeah. very very uncommon because he, he tends thing, to slow fly down too much you know? yeah where he just uh, goes up and then he turns right quick and whips it like how many goals did he score like that it was crazy he had the same like move the thing is with Pierre Ingval that's so frustrating is that he is so skilled in different ways but he just don't do it yeah, like, like you use that big old Hercules body that you got because the guy is ripped but you don't use it 
Like you would be so much more impactful if you just use your body a little bit more and like use your skill set a little bit more, like your speed and your checking and your, you know, your forechecking. It's just, I don't know. It's throws the net like Willie, like what Willie's doing this year, like in overtime. Scary. You, you, you'd, you'd have a very scary player. And that's the only thing that bugs me about. I, I'm, we had to get rid of Engvall. That was, he wasn't coming back a, after the season anyways. No, no. Probably not. He's, had, he's so. had enough of a, of, uh, he's had enough of a test. I'm trying. That's out. the only thing with him is I think, if he finally starts driving the net, then you've got someone's got a player. But uh, he's had plenty of chances. He's he kind of ran out of his chances. That's no what was so, I think that's what frustrated so many Leaf fans about Willie was same thing. Like you could see this potential, you could see this skill, this raw skill that you cannot teach somebody, and you don't do it. Like you don't use it all the time. And finally this year, and at the end of last year too, we got to see William Nylander. And he's arguably been our best player this year. Oh, yeah. I don't I mean, think has been. I don't. There's, yeah. there's no argument. He's been our best player this year. You know, the, the, the only competition being Mitch Marner. But I mean, yes. ov overall, game in, game out, every game, William Nylander. No games off. No, no downtime. No slumps. Just well, you can ball, move him anywhere. He's been on the first line. He's been on the second line. He's been down on the third line. He's back up on the first line. He's like a almost turned into a Swiss Army knife, like a, another better Kerfoot. You got major first world problems when you're on your depth chart this season. Your fourth best forward is Austin Matthews. Literally, you, yeah. You've got some serious, serious first world problems. But it leads us to our last trade. We traded Mr. Engvall and we got a third round pick. We then turned around moments later and traded a third round pick for... Dun, 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 dun. Oh, what do you got there, Mr. What's, Patty? What's Patty? Well, one second, one second. Let me turn it around here. Let me turn it around here. So Luke Shen, practice use stick from, he gave it to me like in 2008, autographed it. Never, I had it up on the wall because I loved Luke Shen when, when he was with the Leafs. Yeah. Um, never thought I'd see today where he'd be back. I absolutely love the trade. Like, and I love the fact that he wanted to come back. Kylie, go ahead and read out the quote. Will you? The, uh, oh, the one I sent you guys? Yes, please. Because that to me tells me everything I need to know about that trade. Yeah, it was really cool, I must say. Okay, so this is, it started about like his jersey number because for anyone who doesn't know, McCabe came, like the trade for McCabe came the night before and he had already been chosen number two, like the not jersey number two, um, which is, if you don't know, is Luke Shen's number when he played with the Leafs originally. Um, so when we got Luke Shen, everybody was like, oh my God, like McCabe has to give him number two, right? So anyway, this is what Luke Shen said about that. Um, that number on that jersey means so much to me. Really grateful that Jake was willing to make the change. It started 15 years ago for me and extremely excited to be back wearing the Maple Leaf. Any other team, I wouldn't care about my jersey number, but on this team, it's special to me. Human eraser. Yep, the human eraser as per. According to Raleigh. So apparently what had happened was uh, Luke Shen had reached out to McCabe and was like, hey, like, are you, you know, I guess married to that number? And McCabe was like, no, not at all. Like, that's just kind of the number they give me. And they made the swap back. So now McCabe is wearing number 22 and Luke Shen has his old number, which is great for anyone who has like old Luke Shen jerseys. Like, go dust those babies off. And it's exciting. It's interesting to hear Boudreaux's comments on Overdrive because he would have yeah. pushed them. This year and, and uh, last year, too, I guess. Oh, or, did he speak about Shen on Overdrive? Yeah, he, he did. And he, he, he talked about his, his, at first, his time in Tampa and how he never played every playoff game, but he was in and out of the lineup. But when he was there, he was very effective. But he also talked about how Shen is the type of player, he don't want a small role. He he like, he like wants a big role. Mm -hmm. um, Frankie Corrado asked him, where do you foresee him? Who do you foresee him being uh, played with? Like, what, what's the pairing going to look like? And he really thought about it for like a solid 30, 45 seconds. And he said, well, at first I was going to say Morgan Raleigh, but he said it's probably going to be too too many minutes for Luke. So he said, I don't know what that answer looks like, but he can come in and out of the lineup, and he don't think Luke would have a problem with it essentially. So. Um, yeah, because we we definitely have extra bodies, and that's probably what's going to happen is like a rotation yeah. there. But well, I, got, I, I could easily I think, see skating seven seven defensemen. You know, I, well, that's I, what's I, happening tonight. So yeah, yeah. 
I would have no issue with that either because un unless unless you strengthens your forwards to the point you know which I'm hoping is what happens that bunting ends up dropping down and everyone kind of filters down one and you really don't want to drop a forward then skate skate one short and and you got that extra defenseman you got fresh legs on the ice at all times in every defensive yeah. position and uh, and and go to it. And but, not to mention, sorry, he's another righty. <clears throat> Bye, Hall. Move over. Yeah. Get out of here. Timmons is a righty. Lily's a righty. And Shen's a righty. This is the first time in, like, that I can remember in so long that we had three righties on the back end. Yeah. No, it's it, been a it, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing because now you can actually move Brody, who have been playing back and forth, right? He's played both sides. He can he can play the natural left side if he if he chooses because he does like the right side. But if he chooses to, he can play he can play the left side, which would be more of a natural shot for him, um, and 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 just gives you that flexibility in all situations, right? But again, uh, the Luke Shen thing for me, when I heard that quote, uh, read that quote about about how important it was to him to come back and and how you know he's he it wouldn't matter with any other team. That was enough for me. If anything doesn't matter with any other team, but it matters with the Leafs, then clearly it's more important to you in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. And I don't give a shit. Uh, you know, I'm not expecting the world out of Luke Shan. He wasn't that good when he was a Leaf. He wasn't that good in Philadelphia. He wasn't that good in Tampa Bay. He wasn't that good in, in Vancouver when it comes to uh, production. But no, no. if you're just looking for a guy who's going to I, I legitimately think the only role for him is your third pair, personally. But if you're looking for that guy who can go out there, kill penalties, can go out there and be tough to play against for 13 minutes a night, that's I'm fine with that. I'm not he's expecting the league of hits. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, that's um, his role. He, he's he's found his role. Uh, I don't think you need to complicate it any more than that. To no. Put him up on a in a in the top four. I think you're only probably setting him up for failure, which is which is what I think has happened with Hall. Like Hall is not the worst defenseman ever, and if, yeah, he's if not you playing. At, if you look at spot. if you look at Twitter, um, every Leafs fan out there is looking for a six foot three defenseman who plays the right side, who hits kills yeah, penalties and does all that. We already have one, two million mm -hmm. bucks. So, and if folks think you're going to go out and find that type of defenseman for that price. For that price, who don't give up the puck, all those types of defensemen give up the puck. That's why they're they're not in the top here. So I think Hall will be done. But like I, we did the same thing with Fanuf back in the day. We 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 set him up for failure. He was beyond the point where he was a top pairing defenseman, but we played him top pairing minutes, and he just he uh, was I mean, like the, the pylon, as folks would the, say. The, yeah. the, the Leafs, the yeah, Leafs were never good enough to not set people up for failure. Look at look at Morgan Riley coming into the league as a rookie playing on playing on, on a pair with Fanuf for a little while. You look at Nazem yeah. Kadri coming in. Like the expectations for these kids were so high because we had nothing else. They were That's all kind of what happened. That's like Shin, like in my opinion. <laughs> I know we played, you know. They I was listening again, I think it was Leafs Lunch, I'm not sure where I heard it, but and I'll probably get some of this wrong because obviously I don't remember everything they said. But like he was drafted, they at the time when the league was kind of moving away from a big check-in heavy game. You know, it's becoming more skill as we know has happened over the last you know 15 years. Um, and they wanted him to come in and be this big tough guy. Um, so what he had done was he had put on weight, tried to get bulkier and meatier. But which that then affected his skating. He was then slow. So the Leafs kind of set him up in, for failure in that sense too. So apparently after that, when he got traded to Philadelphia, he spent some time in the minors. Then he got traded again and got spent some time in the minors. He was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Then he um, signed with Tampa Bay that year. Or I forget if he was traded or signed, whatever it was. Got into their lineup because they had a depleted defense core in the run in their run and he got into the lineup and ever since then has never played another ahl game went on to win a cup then apparently he according to um henny on twitter uh he said that luke tried to come back to toronto after that first cup with tampa bay but at the time just didn't have space for him we didn't have the money for him it just didn't work so he went back to tampa bay won a second cup and that's when he did went ahead and signed with vancouver after that I but forgot he spent time in the minors yeah apparently he I, had yeah. spent, spent time in the minors the story they were too. telling it was it was really interesting i wish i can i'll try to find like the well, whole thing i'll tell you why well, i remember that is because uh after the trade that brought jv it was jvr for shan straight up yeah. And uh, JVR came to Toronto, and basically, boom, you've got your top line left winger for Phil Kessel. 
finally, a player who's worthy of playing with Phil. One of the uh, best trades in Leafs history, actually. Exactly. And that's that's my great. point. It was great. So it was shortly thereafter, after the first year, and Shen didn't really do anything. In year two, halfway through, I'd like to say it was, maybe year three, but year two, he was in the minors, and everyone was like, well, that's maybe the best trade in, in Leafs history. Now, I mean, that's a tall order when you look at, like, the Gilmore trades. and you know. But, you know, in recent memory, when you're talking yeah. about steals, it, it might be when you're talking about, you know, acquiring of a top-line winger or a top-line player of any sort – when you can trade a guy who didn't go to the minors to to do that, well, get this. He, uh, he played a lot of time in the minors. He get called up, get sent back down, and then moved around to a bunch of different teams. And then he, like, I think it was when he went with Tampa Bay, he was on their minor team, got called up for a game in the playoffs or something. He went back to his like old school regular, like, all right, I'm just going to defend and I'm going to hit people. And he finally, I guess, played the role that he's meant to play and never did get sent back down and has never played a minors game since. I mean, that's been three or four years. That's just indicative of a battler, though, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. that, that that's the thing. You want guys who are not going to quit on themselves. He didn't. He's not going to quit on himself. He's not going to quit on the team. So, I mean, to me, with hockey, uh, I'm always the first one to say it when we're talking about this stuff. To me, the personality and the character traits are more important than the stat lines for me heading into the playoffs. I don't care if he scored zero goals or 30. What's he going to do when the when pressure matters. cooker is up and someone takes a run at Austin Matthews? And play? What's he going to do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I already know the answer to that with Luke Shan. So that, to me, is what is most important in this trade. And and that's why I'm so excited. Yeah. Funny story on Shen, though. In 20, in 20, I'm just looking at it. So his first year in Philadelphia, I guess they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, I go to the World Championships in Sweden that year, my nephew won the trip. Uh, so myself, my brother, and my nephew. Anyways, he's on Team Canada. Luke Shen is. And the awful Game 7 against Boston where we blew the 4-1 lead in 2013. Uh, I'm watching that entire game with Team Canada in their conference room. So last going off, it's me at a table. Everybody else has gone to bed. It's like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning in Sweden. It's me, Brian Campbell. Brian Campbell's brother, who was a huge Bruins fan at the time, and Luke Shen. And without Luke Shen actually saying, I know, I'd like just around a little round table. So we're chatting <laughs> the whole night. Without Luke Shen, Shen saying that, I hope the Leafs lose. Luke Shen said, I hope the Leafs lose. His body language, he, I think at that point, he was still very bitter hurt. about the trade. Yeah. Hurt and bitter about the trade. Because Burke said he would never trade him, right? So um, I still re- I, I just remember that moment because it was such an awful night. It was my birthday. Um, it was um, it was horrible, but he was quite bitter at the time. I forgot he was on that team. Patty, Crazy. you've got you've got more stories and connections than I even care to pretend. And Joe Bowen. Yeah. Like yeah. literally yeah. like Joe Bowen can tell some stories, but Patty can probably tell more. Honestly, <laughs> Joe, said hi- Joe said hi, by the way, when I was in Toronto, Kylie. Did he know you? Do you remember? Uh, yes, Mike. Mike Ross introduced me to him. Yeah. So up in the gondola, I got a nice. Tour oh, yeah, that's and, the same place we went yeah. up there and like got a got a tour. I was like playing with like the, the machines and pressing buttons on the replay machine. And yeah. Sorry, Ryan. I know. Next time you go, though, just get up. It was up all Joe. Kylie. It wasn't about Patty, Ryan, or Chad. It was oh, yeah. all Kylie. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, he is coming to Newfoundland this summer. I've been talking to him, so we'll have to maybe we can get him like an in-person podcast or something. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, we'd have to rent a studio and get it done properly, and that would be cool. I'd be that all about be- it. Um, okay, you're in the music industry now. You know people. Yeah, I know people can set that up no problem. <laughs> well, we get in, uh, well, we get copyright trouble if I play this just audio clip of what Bruce Boudreau said today. Nah, no one watches <laughs> this podcast. Do <laughs> that. Okay. <laughs> in studio. Bruce will be a part of the uh, Leafs TSN panel tonight and a part of Trade Center tomorrow on TSN. Um, so you coached in Washington, Anaheim, Minnesota, Vancouver. You've been a lifelong Leaf fan. Every time we have you on, even when you were coaching, we'd ask you, what do you make of the Leafs? How, the transitioning back into kind of being a fan and an analyst, how do you marry those two worlds? Like former teams that you have a connection to and then the Leafs who you clearly have a connection to. Well, I mean, you know, it's once I'm not working for somebody, it's you want to leave that. <laughs> I mean, when I'm a Canuck, oh yeah, go Canucks. And right. I'm not with the Canucks now. So, you know, I mean, 
Leafs play them Saturday. I guess I know who I'm cheering for. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Bruce. We figured yeah. that, Bruce. There it is, right back in it. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I think we're all human like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, um, the teams that let you go, you really don't like to see them have success. Sure. I mean, for the short period of time, anyway. Um, you like the players to have success because the players you get fond of and you get close to, it's just the, the team you don't want to have success. But uh, being from Toronto, you know, I'm home every summer for long periods of time and, and always been a Leaf fan. You know, Marley's growing up. and mm-hmm. uh, So it's hard not, to, hard not to like the Leafs when you're coaching against them. All you want to do, you want to beat them so bad. Like it was the... The biggest games of the year when I was coaching against the Leafs, you want to beat them so bad. But, um, you know, because you got all your friends texting you. You couldn't believe it. When I used to play in Hartford and Carolina, my season would be over, and I would come home and cheer for the Leafs. And he he couldn't couldn't understand it. (laughs) That's O-Dog saying that. Okay, that's about it. But that was, so if anyone wanted to watch that, it's a clip on Overdrive's Twitter. Um, but yeah, that's, I thought that was super cute, and I wanted to share it. Only thing is, I have no idea where the mic is on this, so I hope the audio came well, through pretty audio good. Audio was pretty good. Um, what, what stands out to me, my, my memory, because like I said, I always like, I, it's really hard to get a, an impression of what people are like with their online or their television persona or you know how to carry themselves on podcasts or what it's really hard to get an idea for the real person unless you hear from someone who knows this person and last year maybe or was it year one can't remember we had mark Curtin on for an episode uh during als awareness month now mark if if you doesn't if you don't know is a former toronto maple leaf he's battling als right now uh he's doing a lot of work in awareness and raising money for the foundation and whatnot but he was a former teammate of uh, Boudreaux, who he calls Gabby, of course. They, that was that's his nickname, always has been, always will be. And the props that Mark has for Gabby still, like how they stay in touch daily, weekly, whatever, whatever's needed to keep that connection. And what a good guy he is, just all-around good guy. Um, I was sold. Not that I wasn't before. I always thought Boudreaux was cool as hell. He was just, he was just a jolly dude, right? I'd love to have him. Like, he's a guy that you'd go to war for, I think. Like, he's, like, if you had him on your bench, I'm not saying to replace Sheldon Keefe because I love Sheldon Keefe too, but hire him as something and put him on the bench and just to have him there and the passion that he obviously has for the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think that would just, like, you know, explode onto everybody else. Like, you can't not, I don't know, I see him on TV and the way just talking like that and it makes me fired up, so... I don't know. I don't, I don't Plus, see how any player can come to Toronto. Any player, any professional hockey player who've dedicated their life to the sport can come to Toronto and go and be part of all these pregame rituals and these alumni events and everything that they go to and see these guys in their 60s and 70s crying over each other and crying over yep. the sweater and crying over the franchise. I don't know how you can watch that and not, and not, not yeah. feel part of it. So yeah. there is that, right? It, 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 there's a storied franchise there. There's so much history uh the, the fans passion is real man like we're idiots yeah. yes but like it's real right just look at the excitement and the you know the everything for luke shin and we just talked about he didn't do all that great in toronto but yet lee fans are so pumped to have him back well, he's still our like, guy right we still we were i, I don't know uh, when we drafted, drafted him, him like so what, fifth overall or something like that ron and, wilson messed him up i'll i'll, yeah. I'll take that to my he grave was, ron wilson messed him up I still recall. I still recall back then, his Shen, which which is a normal play right now. One hand on the stick, one hand free in front of the net, and Ron Wilson made him put two hands on the stick, and he looked like a statue out there. He didn't have the mobility, and he brought him up too early. I'm I'm blaming that one on. I always really really like Shen. The thing, whatever it was the other day, I'm not sure. Like I said, it might have been overdrive, um, but they were telling the story that I said a few minutes ago. And same thing, like they they put them, they set him up for failure in a way. They didn't mean to. It wasn't you know intentional, but he was put in a position that a wasn't who he was at the time, and b wanted him to be this big, bulky, hitty guy. I mean, you're 20 years old. You're not coming into the league full of you know 30 year old, 40 men. 40 men 30 35 year old men and just expecting to be a bulldozer out there at 20 years old well, if you be the biggest guy in the world you're still not going to have that confidence to do the, that the problem with luke shin was he was expected of that if yeah you, if you remember back when the draft happened the following year which was the Tavares draft right yep. 
Uh, Tavares was was touted to go number one. And Brian Burke swears that there was a deal on the table that said, if you trade us Luke Shin, we will trade you the first overall pick, which would have been John Tavares, right? And yeah. uh, and it was still had, was it, well, Luke Shin and the Kadri pick, which was the least pick. Who we got in that pick. For, for John Tavares. And they were like, no, we're not trading Luke Shin. That was that was the that was the deal breaker. They're like, no, we're not trading Luke Shin for John Tavares. Basically, he's touted so high, right? And yeah. it's just sad because had he had a better start to his career with the Leafs, I mean, it probably would never have turned out and been come full circle like it has. Like God knows where he would have ended up and what would have happened to him. But uh, everything happens for a reason, and let's hope that um, Luke Shin is our saving grace. <laughs> he's not going to score a game winner or nothing in Game Seven. I don't say, but. We've always wanted that physical defenseman. Like, how many times does a puck go in the corner and you see a player skating down and they're looking behind them? Like, it's just like, who gives a shit who's coming behind you? Like, your play, I don't know. That, and that, play last that, night, but. that play last night when Hall ran over Nugent Hopkins only to get ragdolled. But let's not talk about that part. The hit itself, I was like, yes, every second yeah. shift, please pump it into yeah. my veins. I'm oh, ready. Goodness. Let's do it. Right, it's so but like one hit per year for the team, like that's what we're getting. Like one to two of those, you know, good up, abrupt, keep your head up, kid hits. Yeah. One or two a year, that's all you're seeing because we don't have guys built for it, right? No. Uh, it was nice to see Hall step up. I'm not a big Justin Hall fan. But I'm not a big hater either. I just I like you guys. I just wrong place, wrong time for him, man. Yeah, uh, I mean, like putting him with Riley is just a bad idea. Uh, and that that was only just a placeholder for Shane. I think I, I really, so. I really think that's the case until so that McCabe could get a bit of chemistry going with his guy and Gio could get back in line where he needed to be. Yeah. But anyway, it is what it is. That's the wrap, guys, for the trades. Unless I'm missing something, anything we missed? I don't oh, think so. No. Well, guys, if you got nothing else, I think we'll knock it on the head. If you've enjoyed the podcast, guys, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. We love that stuff. Drop a comment in the comment box too. We like to hear from you guys. Always like to hear from you guys. Um, yep. If you uh, if you're looking for more uh, DSC content, of course, Facebook is where you see it. Pretty much everything we got going on is www.facebook.com slash DeekSnipeSilly. Uh, we got a website, which is somewhat behind, but there's still a lot of content there. Uh, www.DeekSnipeSilly.ca. Um, we're also on, of course, uh, Twitter. Spotify. Uh, well, yeah, okay. yeah, that's the audio stuff. Come on, Kyle. Oh, my bad, my bad. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> but you're right. We're on, uh, we're on uh, anywhere you listen to your podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Apple podcast google podcast all that good stuff um you can get us there just search deke snipe Sally, and like i said hit that subscribe button so you'll get all the all the latest stuff as it comes out we got lots planned now and heading into the playoffs we're gonna but a big thank you of course goes out to our sponsor which is the delaney hockey program uh you can check out all their programs at www.delaneyhockey.ca uh delaney hockey program one of the premier hockey schools in newfoundland and labrador offering uh, programs for kids right from U7 right up to U18, different camps and uh, and two-line hockey programs. So, again, check out their stuff. Um, great program, great coaches, and uh, and all good people all around. So, again, guys, great thanks so much for, t- for cheering. For, uh, thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, I guess we'll see you on the next one. Cheers.